from LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. Yeah, uh, well, really excited about another focus, which I think is my 15th. Um, so looking forward to interacting with advisors, certainly. Uh, please stop by our virtual booth and say hi uh, in, in the expo. Always enjoy these conversations. It's one of the few times we have to directly interact with um, a lot of our great folks. So uh, really can't wait to, to get in there and, and, and talk to people. All righty, we are live coming to you from LPL Focus with the LPL Market Signals podcast. We're calling this one LPL Market Signals Live. Coming to you with uh, Jeff Bookbinder and Mark Sabicki here, Ryan Dietrich. This is a very special, obvious edition of our podcast. And now it's streaming live for all of our LPL advisors on the newsroom website. We're going to do this the next three days as we kick off focus. So we've got about 30 minutes here, guys, and we're just gonna dive right in to this week's special edition of the LPL Market Signals Live podcast. Jeff, I'll start with you. Let's just talk very briefly. Uh, markets are happy. We made all-time highs literally the day before LPL focus. What was your takeaway from the all-time highs or anything very briefly about yesterday's market action? Yeah, well, great to, to have stocks doing so well uh, as the focus conference starts. Certainly right. that is not always the case. We've had some bumpiness around this time of year uh, in, uh, in recent decades. Um, I think, you know, we're going to continue to follow the Delta variant, continue to watch rates, but um, earnings season has been great. And certainly, you know, while some data has missed expectations, the economy continues to grow uh, at a very solid pace here. Uh, absolutely. So in today's podcast, we are going to focus on stocks and the economy. Going to start off talking about equities and stocks, kind of how we see things. And uh, Mark's got some slides. He wants to talk about some time uh, data, like literally, like as we are recording this, whether some going to come out, Mark is going to give us his real-time analysis of things. Mark, you want to add anything, you know, just briefly to set the stage with the stocks, make it all-time highs um, heading into focus here? Yeah, anyway, and, and good morning, Ryan. It's good to be with you and Jeff, uh, my first focus. So uh, very excited to kind of get things kicked off. I mean, we are going to look at some important economic data that's in, in a busy week, actually, of economic data. Um, some interesting numbers are coming in. Some interesting numbers have just come in. So looking forward to sharing some of that. Awesome. Well, like you said, focus. Um, if, if some people will get to watch this later on the YouTube channel. Some of our advisors are watching this live on the newsroom, uh, via, um, accessible from the Resource Center. Got a picture of our fearless leader, Dan Arnold, who is going to later today interview Coach K. Now, Mark, you and I had a fun, playful video on LPL Market. Um, what do we call it? LPL, LPL Street View. Sorry, we got a lot of these different things. LPL Street View. You had a shirt that said, stay calm and hate, hate Duke. I'm pretty sure you don't really hate Duke. That was more just playing the playing the heel, was it not? Uh, I, I was. I had to play the uh, the yin to your yang. So yes. that was the purpose of that. <laughs> How excited are you to see Coach K, though? Uh, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, he's certainly a great leader. Um, so I know Dan's looking forward to uh, interviewing him and, and uh, kind of enjoying his insight about, you know, your leadership in general. So I think it should be a good session. Absolutely. You know, so we've got all of our 
Um, LPL executives are going to be what we call, you know, I guess you call it, we just call it the main stage when we were in person. And we're looking forward, by the way, guys, to being in person next year. We're scheduled to be in Denver. Obviously, we are doing it virtually here for the second year in a row just because of because of what's going on. But we can't wait to be in person. But all the executives, everyone always loves when Bert White, everyone just says, Bert, when's Bert present? When's Bert present? Well, Bert, Bert's on, uh, you know, I think every day he's got a piece or two. But I think Thursday, tomorrow is when he kind of has his real time to shine and truly be Bert. So that's obviously exciting. Uh, Jeff, uh, what we've heard, what I've heard through the grapevine when I've talked to advisors is the one focus that people, I wouldn't say didn't like, it's a strong way to put it, but the focus 2011, the debt downgrade happened on Friday, focus start, everyone gets in on Sunday, everyone comes in on Monday, if you remember the debt downgrade August 2011, market literally crashed, like 19% correction, I think in three or four days, in the middle of focus, we're going to avoid that this year, I hope, but were you at that focus, you're the veteran, were you there in Chicago in 2011? That was one of the few that I've missed. I think Very in nice uh, Very yeah, nice. that was a smart one to miss. I think in 18 <laughs> years, I've missed three. Okay. And uh, yeah, and that one in particular, I, I, I want to say stocks were down like 7% in a day right. during that conference. That was, uh, that was rough. Clearly, advisors were distracted, but uh, don't think we're going to have a repeat of that one this time. No. My claim, one of my many claim to fames, we were joking about some of my claim to fame before we started this. I was on CNBC, I think the Wednesday before that. Said, ah, things look good. Don't worry about it. And then literally we had like one of the fastest 19% corrections ever a week later. So, you know, hey, but, I'm, I, you know, hey, we all, we win some, we lose some. Anyway, let's, let's move forward, guys. Um, so we're going to talk about stocks here. Jeff, one slide I made over the weekend that was pretty popular on social media was co the concept of just how quickly we've come back. We get it. I mean, on this, we call this LPL market signals for a reason. We've talked about a lot of the signals and a lot of the signals that we've been talking about for 15 months now have been, listen, this is a really um, extremely strong balance, at least in equities. And historically, that tends to resolve higher. Fortunately, that's happened. But the slide we're showing here puts it, puts it in context. This is about a 16-month-old bull market. We're like a chip shot, if you will, from all-time highs. I'm sorry, from doubling of 98%. The average of the previous bull markets took four and a half years to double off the lows. The previous fastest ever was a 2009-2010 bull, which took just a hair over two years to double. Um, you know, I don't, what's your take? I mean, my take is, wow, that, that rubber band is stretched pretty far, is it not? Yeah, we think the, um, you know, the next few months are going to be a little bit bumpier and, you know, you'll see maybe modest gains, uh, certainly nothing like this trajectory. Uh, when you look back in history and we had some of this in our mid-year outlook, uh, the second year of the bull market on average is up about 13%. We've pretty much already done that. But when you look at the bull markets that start coming off of the deepest bear markets, you tend to see you know closer to twenty percent gains on average. And so um, we think we're more following that playbook, and that um, you know we can potentially add a few more points uh, from here. No, absolutely. You know, Mark, if you look at small caps and mid caps, they've they've almost gone sideways. They're up for the year, yeah, but they've gone like sideways. Other other industries and sectors have kind of gone sideways. So we're talking about the S and P nearly doubling. But if you look year to date, there's a lot of groups that haven't, I guess we could say, participated as much. You want to kind of build on uh, some of those concepts or what exactly you think, uh, you know, this doubling in 15 months means? Sure. I, you know, I think it's interesting in terms of the way we move money around LPL research in terms of the, the models that we manage. I mean, we have taken some, you know, I like to say logs off the fire in terms of our equity exposure, booked some gains so far this year. We are still overweight 
Uh, equities positioned for some probably modest gains, as Jeff just mentioned, through the, the back half of, of uh, 2021. But a lot of the low-hanging fruit has been picked, and there's some inconsistencies with kind of market momentum across multiple indices that we're, we're paying attention to, and one of the reasons why we have taken some of the logs off the fire. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we're going to talk a lot more about it. Guys, I just realized this. So I'm looking. So I'm wearing a brand new jacket. Last weekend, my wife and I went to the, or no, Friday night, we went to the outlet malls here in Charlotte to get me some new jackets. I said, listen, I got some travel coming up. I got focus coming up. So we went to, um, oh, Brooks Brothers. Oh my God, $400 for a jacket. I don't know. That's a lot of money. So we went to a couple places. Eventually saw that, uh, I think it's called Saks Fifth Avenue off Fifth. That was awesome. So I got all these, I got some really nice jackets for like a hundred bucks. I'm wearing one right now. And I just realized it's like the exact same color as the, as the screen behind me. Hopefully it doesn't look like my head is floating, but nonetheless, I think it's a nice jacket. So anyway, I, anyway, kind of fun. And I got my LPL pin. I know on the video, you guys can see you got my LPL pin there. So it's, uh, it's fun. So just a little bit more though about uh, this week, what we have planned. So today we're talking about equities, obviously in the LPL market signals live, um, live stream. Tomorrow, we're going to bring on Lawrence Gillum to talk a little more fixed income, probably a little Fed, maybe a little economy. And then on Friday, we're going to bring on Barry Gilbert. Barry's been on the show before, along with Lawrence. And Barry's going to talk more about asset allocation, sectors, and kind of how we see things from a more specific LPL view. So that one on Friday is truly for advisors only. Wednesday and Thursday, we are going to share more publicly. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, so anyway, let's see what the next slide is. It'll be a surprise. There we go. S&P up six months in a row. Um, this is something I feel like I've updated every single month with this long win streak that we've had. And the bottom line, guys, when you look at long win streaks like we're in, uh, they tend to resolve higher. I know that sounds like a broken record with a lot of the things we've talked about on market signals over the past 15 months, but it's kind of one of those things that are true. When you have a six-month win streak, like we currently do on the S&P, clearly that's one of the longest win streaks we've seen. Um, you know, we had a six-month win streak in September of 18 and had a 10-month win streak directly after the election, uh, 2016. That ended in September of 17. But after a six-month win streak, the S&P is higher 18 out of 21 times one year later, up about 12% on average. So that's you know better than average returns and higher. So again, we mentioned maybe near term, some seasonality, August, September, October, um, you know, maybe a little consolidation, maybe a pullback. But again, the bigger picture is the strength that we've seen the last six months is extremely rare, but it also tends to resolve higher. So Jeff, I want to bring you on now, something that obviously, if we're going to keep going higher, we need earnings to come in. Tell us a little bit about earnings. Before I go there, Jeff, I felt like yesterday you and I were talking about um, um, I guess what second quarter, second quarter earnings up 65% year over year. Now I'm seeing they're like 90. I don't know. Every day I look, it's a whole, whole new number. How high are they expected now? Yeah, 90 is, is possible. Uh, consensus, uh, right now is, uh, about 87%. So, uh, just remarkable upside. I, I think, you know, last quarter maybe produced some you know, ex excessively high expectations come in. That's, that's a really high bar, almost 30 points of upside. But still to do 22, 23 points of upside this quarter is tremendous because with each quarter of blowout numbers, the bar gets raised higher and higher. Uh, now, uh, you know, to blow away this number again in Q2 uh, is, is tremendous. And we're going to set records on the beat rates. It's almost certainly uh, 87, 88% for earnings and revenues in terms of the percentage of companies beating. Uh, and then, you know, just as impressive estimates are rising. Uh, so, um, 
maybe not quite as much as estimates rose last quarter, but still a pretty solid, roughly 3% increase in estimates during earnings season, suggesting that the strong momentum in earnings is not over yet. And uh, Jeff, I'm not calling you old. HR would not like that. I'm calling you seasoned. In all of your years doing this, up 3% since earnings started and this 88, 87% beat rates. Have you ever seen anything like this? No, I mean, the closest thing we've seen is just recent quarters. Yeah. But be before the pandemic, five points of upside was a good quarter and flat estimates was a good outcome, right? right? So we're, we're just totally in a new in a new world. And you know, a lot of people say, well, uh, how can stocks keep going higher when we're already up 16, 17% for the year? And the, you know, the question is earnings because earnings keep going higher. Earnings expectations keep going higher. Uh, and that has provided a really strong foundation for stocks and is a big reason why we think we can still go a little higher from here. No, that's, a, that's absolutely true. I mean, Mark, I want to bring you on, guys, just so you guys know. It looks like we've got about 17 or 18 minutes here, so we, we can dive in a little more. Mark, when it comes to earnings, um, you know, clearly earnings drive long-term stock gains. We know that. Jeff just painted a very bullish picture, obviously, uh, for earnings. What also kind of you think drives the stock gains in the long term? I mean, earnings all that matter or some other things that kind of uh, – put some fires on the log, so to speak, and keep this bowl going? Well, I, I think that what we've learned, especially over the last maybe five or 10 years, and, and certainly it's a conversation for today amongst a lot of folks, is, is the strength of monetary and fiscal policy, right? So still significant tailwinds in monetary policy. We'll, we'll see if um, uh, Mr. Powell changes that tune, perhaps in August to September, kind of around Jackson Hole time. So that's kind of our expectations and message maybe a little bit different in terms of tapering. On the fiscal side, I mean, we're talking about, you know, big infrastructure packages that, that Congress is kind of working through right now. So um, while we expect Powell to kind of ease back on the gas pedal a little bit from a monetary policy perspective, that maybe is, is being kind of right-sized, if you will, on the fiscal side. So still a significant amount of, of you know, kind of, uh, fiscal and monetary policy tailwind uh, that this market is, is, is enjoying in addition to, to, to earnings as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jerome Powell has kind of said the same thing over and over and over for a while now. The inflation is transitory. The Fed is still going to keep rates low, continue to buy $120 billion worth of uh, treasuries and mortgage backs every single month until we see uh, you know, a bigger improvement in the, in the employment data. Now, Jeff, this Friday, maybe that could be the start of this. We've got a big jobs number this Friday, along with the last day of focus. So I don't even know if we're going to pay attention to jobs because focus is more important. But let's say on Monday, when we take a look at the jobs number, you're expecting a good jobs number, and maybe that um, pushes Powell to, like we said, start the talk about tapering? Oh, it, we'll get a good jobs number, but it might not necessarily be better than expectations. Okay. Expectations are pretty high, right? Uh, 850 to 875,000 current forecast. We've got a weak ADP jobs number today. We'll talk yep. a little bit more about that in a bit. Um, that might take expectations down for Friday's government number. Uh, but, you know, even if we get something in the 700 range, that is a huge number. And so hopefully, uh, if it is a little bit short of expectations, people will recognize the great progress that the, the job market's made uh, over the past year or so. 
I'm going by memory here. I believe it's 6.7 million jobs we still need to create just to get to pre-COVID levels. Just about every other economic data piece is above pre-COVID levels, specifically GDP, which just came out last week. And now GDP is actually above those pre-COVID levels. And don't forget the consumer, you know, all of us have been kind of the stars of the show. Retail sales took only five months after everything, you know what, hit the fan. It took five months for retail sales to come back above. And that was maybe one of those little clues, one of those little nuggets, one of the things we talked about last summer, LPL market signals, that, you know, there's some positive things happening. But, uh, you know, Mark, I want to bring you in for a second here. So we're hearing a lot about the Delta variant. Um, you know, that's one worry. My personal, I guess you could say, growing worry is China. China has been cracking down significantly on their own companies and own industries. What if they kind of get bored of cracking down on their own companies and say, let's go, let's go mess with these multinationals? That's what could upset some things. What kind of worries you? Uh, those two, something else? What, what do you think could could upset the apple cart here, with what at least pertains to stocks? Yeah, well, I think I think it's going to come down to a little bit, perhaps, of a change of direction. There's so, so there's two things. One, a change of direction, and the fundamentals. And we're going to talk a little bit about that when we peek into to some economic data a little bit later in the, this morning. But so there's that. You know, it, I think the market reacts to what is typically a change in direction of fundamentals. So are we going to get an eventual change in direction in earnings? Are we going to get an eventual change in direction and economic data, we think we're starting to see some of that. And then the, the China is just kind of pile oning, uh, piling on that aspect. You know, that's a, that's a key uh, variable for us that we've talked about internally in terms of how we think about emerging markets and how we think about equities overall. It's, it's, it's something that, could, that causes us to be a little bit more cautious. And again, back to the model allocations, one of the reasons why we've taken uh, some equity exposure down just a little bit. No, absolutely. I probably almost five or six weeks ago at this time, we had Scott Brown um, on our team, an analyst, uh, manager on our team. He's our chief technician, I guess we'll call him. He came on you know, a while ago and said, listen, there's some something going on with China from a technical point of view. You don't really know, right? It's with technicals, we saw weakening momentum, some weakness in the last five or six weeks. I mean, majority of Chinese names have just dropped straight down, right? I mean, so so you know, kudos to, to Scott and to those of you who actually hopefully got to listen to that and, and take advantage of that. Because like you said, there's there's there were some cracks in China before all this news came out. And that's a lot of times how markets work. So Jeff, let's go, uh, let's move forward a little bit, guys. We've got a about 12 minutes or so. So we'll talk about this for a few minutes and we'll talk about the economy and um, kind of move forward. Um, Jeff, you know, here's our, uh, at least what we're showing on the screen right now, broad asset class and sector preferences, um, negative bonds, positive stocks. You know, we, this is some of the big themes we've been talking about for a while. You want to dig in a little bit more though, Jeff, maybe on sectors or kind of anything else you want to point out here? Sure. Oh yeah. A lot of attention on growth value recently. So um, certainly want to highlight that one first. We still think it makes sense to have a small tilt toward value relative to growth. Um, you know, growth stocks had a, a, an amazing run, you know, not just over the pandemic, but over the last decade. Uh, so valuations for value stocks relative to growth look better to us. And as the economy accelerates and fully reopens, uh, we think that should favor uh, value relative to growth. If you get a little more, uh, you know, a little higher interest rates too, that can help. So the macro picture we think is starting to line up, even though, you know, value had this massive run came way back. Uh, we think now it's poised to make uh, another run over the second half of the year. So, um, you know, that's why we have that small tilt there. And with the sectors, um, you see financials, we like financials, industrials, and natural resources. 
those are all cyclical value areas of the market. That doesn't mean we don't like tech. Uh, we still have a neutral uh, view on tech. The fundamentals are still really strong there. But you know, kind of like I, I mentioned with earnings season, the bar just gets getting higher and higher and higher. We saw a little bit of this with the, the fangs or the fan mags, whatever you want to call them, earlier in earnings season. Right, the bar gets so high, it's really hard to um, exceed the market's expectations. So we think that will uh, help drive a little bit of that uh, rotation as well toward value. No, that'll that'll make sense. I mean, Mark, you know, tomorrow you and I are going to host again. Lawrence Gillum's going to come on, so we'll focus a lot more on fixed income tomorrow. But I do want to point out, you know, on this on the screen a second ago, we showed under fixed income, we like mortgage-backed securities. Um, you know, you want to tell us a little bit about kind of why we think, at least in a well-diversified portfolio, maybe tilting a little bit toward MBS makes sense for your for, uh, for most investors. Sure. And, and what Lawrence Gillum does in terms of setting valuation parameters around different, you know, uh, bond segments, you know, we find that the mortgage-backed securities provide the most value at this point in time. Um, and what's not providing value, we, I think we're clear on is, you know, spreads in, in high yield, high yield uh, corporate bonds, investment grade corporate bonds, other non-core sectors uh, of the market as well are, are very tight. The evaluations are very high. Um, the low hanging fruit, as I mentioned, has already been picked in a lot of those segments. So um, one of the places that we are still overweight is just MBS, just because of the valuation uh, component of it. Yeah, I've said it like this, you know, stocks might be kind of pricey, bonds are really pricey, but mortgage-backed securities in a really pricey area are not as pricey as everything else. And I will say, mentioning Lawrence and the Fed, so we're going to talk more about, probably dig a little bit more into the Fed and, and some of those things tomorrow. Lawrence is kind of our Fed whisperer. Now, we've been hearing, just a little preview for tomorrow, we've been hearing, you know, um, in February, right, Jerome Powell's term is up. It's expected that President Biden will reappoint him for another four years. Hey, anything can happen. We're a little ways away. There's been some news in the media, different places that, you know, he is a Republican, right? And Brainerd is pretty dovish. And she might be a little tougher on regulation and tougher on banks. So maybe there could be a little something there. So we're not going to talk about it today. We're going to talk more about the Fed and the makeup of the Fed. We have a new uh, Fed, Fed chairperson come February. It's not expected, but February is a, a long way away. Um, so, so with that, guys, it looks like we've got seven or eight minutes. Maybe let's go forward and kind of focus on the economy a little bit more. Um, you know, Mark, you sent some of these slides, and I know we just had some economic data come out this morning, and you've been looking at it, I believe, real time. I mean, have you had time to look at the stuff this morning? Or what do you want to talk about first, Mark? I'll just go well, that route. Well, let's, yeah, we'll, we'll start kind of big picture, and then we'll dive into Perfect. some of the detail, especially this morning. So the big picture, again, is just this concept of change in direction, right? You know, we are seeing economic data is still strong across the board for the most part. But they're not as, it's not as strong as it used to be relative to forecast. And this is what the Citigroup U.S. Economics Mark, Mark, time for a second. I don't think any of us are strong as we used to be, for whatever it's worth. We're all getting older <laughs> on this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's, it, it happens, it, man. It, it is, happens. It is harder to get up in the morning. But it beyond that, uh, the Citigroup Economic Surprise Index um, has actually been decelerating, as you can see here now, and then on an aggregate basis, economic data and this this index is made up about 30 components uh, from an economic data series perspective um, economic data is now not beating forecast you know kind of overall so just something to be just a little bit cautious about a little bit of an element of of input that that tells us that that you know kind of 
uh, take it easy in terms of our, our of our equity exposure. If we if we take a look at the next chart, um, this is some data that's just come out. You know, on Monday, ISM manufacturing PMI again. Are we talking about a you know some deceleration or change in direction? of ISM manufacturing PMI. The survey was calling for a 61 reading. We actually got 59 and a half on the market manufacturing PMI, which again came out on Monday. Um, the, the survey was actually 63.1 and the actual number a little bit stronger, 63.4. You know, so something that we're kind of keeping a pretty close eye on. I think the next slide, Brian, shows us the new orders component, which has been one of the stronger areas of the overall um, overall ISM data series. And new order still is relatively strong, but I guess we asked the question fundamentally, do we feel like we're peaking here in terms of the new orders component of ISM? So again, something to kind of pay attention to. And then the next slide gives us uh, and we got this number this morning, the ADP employment, and, then I, and I did a four-month average here to kind of give you, to smooth the data series just a little bit. Um, we did, uh, the, that average was 680,000 um, ADP's employment number actually this morning. Uh, the expectation was 690. We got a 330,000 number uh, this morning. So materially less than expected. This, this number can be a little bit you know, choppy, but maybe there's a Delta variant element in there in terms of the latest AD, ADP em, employment number. But what's, what's a positive has been you know, the employment side of the ledger in terms of the economic data series, while everything is not meeting expectations like it used to you know, in months prior, employment is starting to kind of improve a little bit. Maybe we'll see a, a backup of that notion uh, on on Friday's number as we move through uh, the days of focus here. Now, Mark, you said it came in at three hundred and thirty thousand. You by chance, what was expected? Like seven eight hundred thousand? It, 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 it was the expectation as I look at it right now, Ryan, was six hundred ninety thousand. Okay, so that's a pretty big miss. And I will say, just going by memory here, but it sure feels like when this ADP number comes in weaker than expected, the monthly job number beats and vice versa. So that could just be my own, the way I see the world, but it sure felt like that lately. So we'll see again, if it plays in there. So guys, we have about two or three minutes left. I mean, maybe I'll go to you, Jeff, first, and then Mark, uh, you can kind of bring us home. Jeff, any final comments about focus, the market, just any, anything you want here in about a minute? Yeah, uh, well, really excited about another focus which I think is my 15th. Um, so looking forward to interacting with advisors, certainly. Uh, please stop by our virtual booth and say hi uh, in, in the expo. Always enjoy these conversations. It's one of the few times we have to directly interact with um, a lot of our great folks. So uh, really can't wait to, to get in there and, and, and talk to people. Yeah, I mean, literally in about two or three minutes when we sign off on this, we're all going to go to our to our booth. And just so people know, we do we did record um, our mid year outlook. Um, it's about a oh, about a thirty minute video or so of kind of where we see markets and bonds and stocks and economy. And that's a that's a, that's an on demand actually uh, breakout. So meaning you can watch it whenever you want. You don't have to wait to a specific time. So that's there. Uh, Mark, we've got about two minutes or so. Um, you know. Final comments from you before I bring us home. 
Sure. Um, and and uh, I'll, I'll second the notion from from Jeff is it's it's good to be here. Uh, it's my first focus. I've got a I've got a while before I catch up to where Jeff has been. Um, he's clearly an institution here at LPL Research. Um, Jeff is like not- Jerry Rice. Like every time Jerry <laughs> Rice would like set more records, you maybe had a four touchdown game. Jerry Rice had a five touchdown game. You just don't catch it. You know? <laughs> Jeff is the Jerry Rice of the financial industry. That 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 that's that's right. And I, I've got to you know, keep up with the stamina in order to even attempt to it uh, attempt to catch Jeff. But um, but yeah, it's just good to be here. It's good to be with advisors. How you know a virtual um, th- this year. Hopefully we'll get back live next year. I'm looking certainly looking forward to that. But it's going to be um, a lot of fun popping in the booth uh, today virtually and, and uh, exchanging some good ideas with with advisors. So just looking forward to that um, and um, kind of getting started here over the next three days. It's, it's an exciting time for me being the first one, and, and uh, it's just a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Jeff, and thanks, Mark. If anyone knows the three of us, we can talk a lot. I'm looking, I think we might have nailed 30 minutes, which honestly is a minor miracle. So maybe it's a good sign that Locus is off to a good start. But just one final, you know, thank you to everyone out there listening to us. We really appreciate it. LPL Research is your research department to all of our more than 19,000 advisors. Please come say hi. And, you know, the event, this focus is kind of easy for us. We go in a room, we talk. The amount of work that so many people put together from LPL and Unbridled and different different places that, that put this production together is I don't even know the total hours. I mean, hundreds, uh, thousands, thousands, hundreds of thousands. I don't know. It's a lot, a lot of hours that go into putting this together. So hopefully everyone really enjoys the next three days of focus. I know we will. And we will, uh, we're going to go to the booth right now. If you're watching us live right now, we're going to go to the booth right now, but we'll see everybody back tomorrow at the same time uh, with Lawrence Gillum. So take care, everyone. Have a great day, a great focus, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All index are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliate. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.